0: Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, it's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 225 for March 11th, 2020. My name is Phil Pinsky, with me as always are Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over It, Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, Joshua Alexander, IsoTunes, Tim Holliner, Gange and Pop Pop. Maker, Maker Space. You know what? I'm doing that one again. Gangi and Pop Pop, Maker Space. See? They deserve that. What? What, what is. Are you summoning like a that. servant? A little, what is that?
1: Is that like the antithesis of a trumpet? It's
2: like a little bell. Just this nice little
0: bell. That's how we would ring yes. a bell for Gangi like and Pop Pop. No, you're summoning a, a manservant. That's what that bell is. So you're summoning your valet.
2: Um, It's actually like a, I guess it'd be a woman servant because it's like a, it's the, see how it's, it's like a it's like a whoa 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 dude you it's are like national so women's month. how do you do
0: that <laughs> on National Women's Day it's like the 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 bell is like a dress it's like a cast brass okay so, well I guess I guess the line is like so far behind you it's like a dot in the rearview mirror already <laughs> That's how past the line you are <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> This sound effect brought to you by the Tim Sway Foundation. It's all it's all just what is it called?
2: Foley? When the the, the when the, the sound right. effects people Folk, yeah. it's all
0: just Foley this week. Yep. Yeah. Fo- Foley actors or Foley state some uh, yeah, st- st- Folic
1: acid? What?
0: Yeah, folic acid. That's right. You should get that next time you're pregnant. Um, mm. It's important. Mm, yeah. What are we working on? Let's go with what I'm seeing in the uh, in the background of the majestic Bill Lutz workshop. What? My goodness. Did Joanna Gaines build a workbench?
1: (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish we could broadcast video so people could see what you see right now, Phil.
0: You just mean you.
1: Tim can see it, too.
0: No, no. I mean, you just want people to see you. Well, that too. Because they could see the video you made. Me
1: and you. I want people to see you as well, just not as much as me.
2: Is there a video somewhere where people could see what you look like as of very recently?
0: Yeah. Is that possible?
2: Um,
1: I think there might be. I know, right? So uh, did you guys notice somebody made a comment, an email or something and yelled at Phil for how long it took him compared to me to make a workbench?
0: Nope. No, I didn't see that. that? You didn't notice that? I didn't see that.
1: No. Anyway, yeah. So I got
2: my workbench done.
0: Yay. <laughs> to be fair, mine was from scratch. You had a bit of a leg up and yeah, a lot of two, diamond plate.
2: Two pre made workbenches. did have a lot of Became plate. one workbench. <laughs> yeah. <bench. laughs> yeah I... Big whoop. <laughs> <Hey>. Zing.
1: <laughs> you know, you guys are cutting out, so I can't really hear <laughs> the seriousness that's going on right now. But over, I assume you're saying.
0: Yeah, over the voices of his own head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, <laughs> the voices of my head are much louder than yours, right. trust me. <laughs> So, yeah, like a large Hedron Collider came by and just squished these two workbenches together and and, uh, it came
0: out pretty cool. It did. It looks really good. Dope. Hmm. That's what that thing looks like. It looks dope. I love all the sort of like the mixed methods that you use to put this thing together. Like, nobody ever does distressed paint on the base, but I know why you did it and you said why you did it and I love that you did it. I loved how you reinforced the top, made it heavy. Mm. But it doesn't look heavy. It just happens to be because yeah. you infilled it, and uh, and like the whole methodology of raising it, but not using legs to do that, using like sort of lifting the top. Yeah. Anyways, I don't I don't want to steal your thunder. You tell us what you want to tell us.
1: No, no, not at all. In fact, I did use legs to raise it. It was just the legs of my other bench Sideways. That <laughs> I used to make. The, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it so looks. That was kinda, I love the size of it too. Like. You know, my, my... That's what I love the it's most. It's like the look perfect size just, for what you're doing. Look how much room there is back yeah. there.
0: So, yeah. So much room for activities. Yeah. You got room to hula
1: hoop now. I can do my laundry yeah. now during the podcast without interrupting. Well,
0: no. Please don't do that. Um, what was wrong with the... Um, I know you put on the, the, <clears throat> the vice that you have on there now. What was wrong with the other vice? Was it too, like, fiddly?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's basically just too... Like cheesy screws okay. and a block of wood that that goes in and out to the side, it's it's not this vice. Andrew Aragon gave me quite a while ago. It's like a 1950s Craftsman real woodworker bench vice, okay. and it's heavy, it's beefy. I can one of the things I've done a lot lately with it is when I'm making the cigar box guitars, um, clamping the neck into it, and I can do the, the spoke shave on the neck, and it's just solid and it stays there. Mm. So I really wanted to keep that feature. Cause I kind of downsize my bench to create more room and because that's what I'm building now is smaller items so still having the, the biggest thing I wanted to do is get that weight because this thing is solid it sits there it doesn't move it's got so much weight added to it and uh, but it takes up such a smaller footprint it's just right I love it I haven't even started clearing out the, the so the drawers by the way Tim I even said on the video thank you for the uh, two-way drawer slide idea um, but that's going to be where all the Scarbox guitar parts go into those drawers, and because they don't pull out all the way, so it is like you have eight drawers because you're gonna, you know, you can't pull it out all the way because the top of the bench is actually wider than where the drawers are. Um, but that's okay because I want to divide each drawer into two, so you can pull it out from either side, yeah. and I've got two spaces basically to organize things. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just, I'm so excited about this. But yeah, it came out, came out pretty cool. That diamond plate I've had. One of my neighbors used to park in front of my house all the time, and he felt bad one day. and He came up, he's like, Hey, man, I'm sorry. I always park in front of your house. I noticed you like to make things. I've got this uh, little piece of diamond plate. Would you like it? I'm like, Sure, that'd be very nice. The next day, in front of my house when I go home from work, is this five by six sheet of diamond plate aluminum. That was five by six. I mean, that stuff's like, it's not cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not unattainable. No, but it's it's, i I'm not saying saying it's uranium.
0: I'm just
2: saying it's at least 100 bucks. Yeah, Yeah. At least 100 bucks for that piece,
0: yeah.
2: Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm probably sure. more.
1: I had it in my mind. I have the um, the aluminum spool gun that goes to my uh, MIG welder, mm. and I've never gotten a bottle of uh, the argon that needed to do aluminum. But I was always going okay, I'll cut it, I'll make a toolbox, I'll make a. Tr- I'll do something with it. So, this project, when I we were all talking about the whole million dollar workbench thing, it just came to me that is going to be the way to really bling it out. Yeah. You know, and then it was, uh, my buddy at work, Taz. So I was going to do just the shelf cause I kind of gotten the, the drawers figured out. And my buddy Taz at work, I was talking to him about it and he's all, dude, yeah. Could you put plates on the front of the drawers? And immediately I'm like, no, I don't think, wait a minute. Yes, I can. That's amazing idea. Taz. So thank you Taz for, for that idea. It worked out rather well. The drawers actually set it off as well as the bottom shelf.
2: I feel like that maybe we should have Taz on the podcast instead of you. Because it's yeah. room for two Hayward employees, but
0: yeah, I was thinking that you too know, a lot.
1: Taz is a family man, and he's uh, he's just he doesn't have the time. I begged him. I said, "Please, <laughs> please, don't just support the content, uh, the podcast monetarily, which he does. Mm-hmm. Um, please come be on the show, replace me. I, I would be." And and he's like, "No, Bill, there's nobody that's going to be able to replace you." You
0: yeah. know, if I know Taz, and I don't, that doesn't sound like something he would say. <laughs> <laughs> You better give me his number so I can double check. Okay, let me ask you a serious question <laughs> yeah. though. Um, are your are your floors level? No. So what did so? Okay, I'm glad you said that. Um, so what do you do to level the table or the bench? I mean,
1: um, it was very close. So all I did was stuck a little uh, felt foot on one
0: one side. Wow. And so having that felt lucky. doesn't make it slide or anything.
1: No, it's the weight. See, the weight of it is what, because if if I didn't have the weight on it, the Harbor Freight bench itself, when it was sitting there, was so wobbly because it didn't have that weight. There's so much weight pushing down on it that it almost settled itself, Mm. right? Hmm. And then just being able to, it's like going to the restaurant and putting the matchbook underneath one of the legs at your dinner table. Right. So it it worked out really well. It doesn't slide. Um, Paul Mayette uh, asked me that, is it top heavy? Does it feel like it's going to be? No, I think if you ran into it full steam, it would hurt wouldn't knock yeah out. don't do
0: that and yeah, don't yeah, do i'm not gonna don't do that paul paul either i don't want him to do that yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so no it's uh, i love it man it just it came out really pretty i used uh some beeswax uh cutting board rub oil on it and uh it's beautiful the the, the harbor freight wood i still have i have all the bench dogs yeah so it came with the, Har- the tall wooden bench dogs yeah. harbor freight's known for its beautiful wood. nuts
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's maple it, though it's well.
1: What it is? It's it's its cut basically. It's like what we would do to make a cutting board. They just it's it's all of this laminated uh, together okay, yeah. to make like yeah. one by twos or whatever. Yeah. But it's like thirteen pieces of wood to get a piece right. that's five feet long. It's like a project. But then board. they glue those all together. Yep. I get you. So it's it's solid, but it's just not one continuous piece. It's many pieces glued together.
0: Listen, all that glue makes it heavy. It's good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All that extra wood and press wood and MDF I slapped underneath yeah. the top
0: of it makes it heavy. Mm. It's called an infill workbench. In- and you'll
2: fill. you'll probably start and filling fill. up that bottom shelf too, and that's going to add weight to it down there. So if it is top-heavy. Oh, it's have, already done. Yeah. Enough. So even if it is top-heavy, yeah. just having yeah. like your planer or whatever down there.
1: But it, but it's really not. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's so, it's, it's wide enough that it just, it's stable. It's a great little bench. It's exactly what I was hoping to get. Mm. And
0: uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Are you selling plans?
1: Yes, I plan on having you make them. (laughs)
0: Well, because I'm sure there's a ton of people that, like, have found a Harbor Freight workbench and already had, like, a giant table and they want to blend the two.
1: (laughs) Honestly, uh, some of the best compliments I've gotten is just the ideas, like, the the two-way drawer Tim idea, um, just adding the weight towards the top as opposed to the bottom. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, I've gotten a lot of compliments on, hey, I've got ideas for my table or my Harbor Freight table. Some people in Europe say, what is Harbor Freight? I don't know what this is.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah. I was obviously kidding. Yeah. It's a killer project. So nicely done. Um, let's go to Tim. What are you working on?
2: Um, I am working on well my truck that we started talking about last week. Um, the taco truck. Yes. The, yeah, yeah. The uh, the taco truck. The pizza truck. The taco. F- Fish truck. Um, so fish truck. Well, uh, besi- besides that, I'm working on yeah, a pizza truck. <laughs> That's what I'm supposed to call it a pizza truck. Uh, I am working on some instruments, of course. Um, you know, I'm still working on that electric Piva. I'm getting closer on that. And uh, I have another guitar I mentioned. But, uh, but yeah, I got the, you know, I um, I got a new shiny object in the driveway. So it's it's catching my eye and drawing my attention away from the stuff I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I started gutting it and... Um, the roof line on it had a little bit of a crease in it, like someone got too close to an awning or something in it. So I was kind of, I want since I have the entire interior stripped out, I'm trying to just straighten that out now before I go paneling it all up and stuff. And so I got that pretty much straightened out. I got to add a little bit of, I'm going to, there's like aluminum crossbars that go through the ceiling um, mm-hmm. that they're, they're kinked on the one side that got crushed in. But the, the main rail, like if you look, if you look at the truck sideways and you, it's a big rectangle, right? You know, that main top rail is straight. It's just the, the ceiling above it that was kinked in. So I got that pushed back out, but now a couple of those uh, cross members are a little like, you know, the aluminum, you bend it, you bend it back and it cracks and stuff. So uh, okay. it's like, huh. well, there's a gap now from where you straighten out that. Right. And it's it just because the too. metal was right. kinked on the, the interior support that you can't see, you know, it's just not really, as, you know, so I was like, oh well, maybe I could you know try to TIG weld this, which I'm terrible at, you know, and this and that and the other thing. And then I was like, oh, why don't I just cut some wood and just shove some wood up next to it and just make wood stretchers that go across. It'll make it easier to hang the ceiling, anyways. So I'm just gonna make some wood stretchers to go across there, and then I'll insulate and you know put the ceiling in. Put the, I have some fun ideas for the walls, um, and then I have you know I'm doing a lot of uh, sponsored content too. So you know I have uh, my my friends you know these companies that i work with and i want to create projects for each of them that showcases their product you know um so you know i'm thinking about that as i go but i'm i just just about done with my second edition of the of the vlog for that which i'll probably put out next week once i finish tidying it up and i always want to be a little bit ahead of it too you know but um it's interesting you put out the first one i did just yesterday yeah 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 it's the one about Uh, his truck
0: Oh yeah, no, I watched that. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> that's yeah. his vlog, yeah. right. Yeah. right? It's okay. Right. Okay, and
2: it, you know, it's 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 funny. Like I I kind of even I even say in it like the last thing I want to do is become a vlogger. Blah. I think that's my direct quote. You know, because I don't. But um, it's 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 interesting because I, like it's adding a lot of time to my my day of just you know carrying cameras around. But it's not like the build video time. You know, it's like um, a lot of it I just I just carry the GoPro around I me and just. Just you know, moving around, talking about, it. and and so I made my first vlog. I just basically copied like the, the typical kind of vlog style, like the Jimmy uses and a lot of other people use, where they they just go from section to section with little bumpers in between and mm-hmm. and um and tell like the story, and and yeah, and I was like a little nervous about it putting it together because I cause I don't really care much for vlogs and I never done it, but uh, I think it came out okay. Like I, I showed it to my wife. I was like I was like be honest before I post. It. I was like be honest. Tell me if this like bores the heck out of you. Um, or if you find it engaging, you know, and or tell me and tell me what you don't and she, she watched it She's like I know the story like cuz you've been talking about this for three friggin months, you know She's like I already know what's going on You know, I've been here the whole time and she said but I, I still found it enjoyable to watch like as much as like a like she said more than like a TV show like um, because w- would
1: it would it um, w- would, would it be a little more? Uh, maybe to get a, a more biased opinion is to do somebody that asks them to review it. Somebody that doesn't like you. Wesley Treat, for example. Mm. You can listen to <laughs> it. Yeah. It's oh, a yeah, i sure. idea,
2: Bill. I'm sure Wes will watch it and, and tell me exactly what he thinks at some point in time. So yeah. that's a good
0: idea. I mean, Bill's point is pretty valid. I mean, you're giving it yeah. to your wife to ask if she likes it, which is a story about her husband. I right. I mean, doesn't feel feels a little disingenuous, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I... I well, no, it, it is, but it's it depends upon what a jerk he's been that day. If he's been a great enough. husband, it's going to be an amazing blog. If you were a jerk, she's going to say she didn't
2: like yeah, it. Yeah, I was... That's, just, that's that a a fair was point. Really, that was really terrible that fair day. Fair point. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, um... It was a weekday. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, well, weekends I'm pretty terrible, too. But... <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are no days where you're not terrible, apparently. <laughs>
2: but, uh... But, yeah, so it's been interesting of just, like, exploring the, um... That sort of side of what I do, like putting a little bit more energy into that instead of just putting the camera going, and I've actually, um, I've one of our homeschooling friends, a, a teenage girl that we know, um, I'm gonna hire her to come down a couple hours a week here and there and film, um, and she's very excited about it to kind of you know boost her resume and stuff, and and uh, I can't afford to you know pay her to be there every day or anything, but. And she's you know learning in school and stuff, but she's very into filmmaking. So uh, I mm. thought that'd be cool too to get a, somewhat of an intern type. Yeah, place, paid real one paid internship. Yeah. and I thought it'd be cool hey, to exposure. It's yeah. great. Yeah, no, that's that's what I said. Is the last thing I'm going to do is do that. So I'm paying her <laughs> money. but uh you know get her get her in a few hours a week to uh you know like i'm gonna i told her like there's gonna be things i'm gonna ask you to do you know like you know there's gonna be like i want a camera shot i want you to pan in from this and go to that while i do this or whatever but then i also want to see what you find interesting in filming to give her an opportunity to because that'll be interesting for me and for potentially the viewers to have another eye like, a, like a, a teenage girl that doesn't know what an angle grinder is is gonna have is gonna look at it totally differently than you or I will when she's setting up her shot you know of course I have to make sure she doesn't set up on the spark side but
0: you know but I think that's what you would see like if I didn't know what an angle grinder was that, that would be the most interesting part of it
2: right but you gotta I gotta keep her safe too I mean I can't put her right in the
0: path right the literally in the line of fire right. you know what yeah.
1: a clear shower curtain to act as a like a uh, what do you call it a toga there you go. Over her head.
2: Oh, th- a clear, three, good that idea. You know what, Tim?
0: I want you to suggest to a fifteen-year-old girl to wear a clear shower curtain as a toga. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah. Don't call me for bail money. I <laughs> not Let's never. Totally, mind. man. Totally.
2: <laughs> let's let's just ignore everything else that Bill has to say and go to you, Phil. So, what's going on in your world?
1: <laughs> Wait, one one more. Qu- are you going to pay her in American money?
2: So, Phil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, glad you asked him. <clears throat> actually, I, um, I'm probably about, I'd say, about two-thirds of the way through filming this uh, uh, memorabilia box video that I'm doing. And then after I'm done doing the video, I have to build another box, because I was commissioned to do two of them. And actually, the uh, what do you call the person who is paying you for the commission? Is it the commissioner? The commissioner called me today, and he's like, so... How's it going? I was like, crap, what's the deadline for this thing? I thought I had some time. We well, got two weeks, just wanted to give you a heads up. I was like, okay, cool. So I have to, uh, what I'm probably going to do is just stay home from work tomorrow and just do this. And since I'm self employed, <laughs> I'll do what I want. No, I but actually, uh, exciting news on that front I just signed my first client today.
2: Oh, hooray! So, Hang on. Congratulations, yeah. bro. <laughs>
0: Thank you. That's awesome. So, so you
2: you don't have to suck it that, in then. And like we were talking that's about. Uh, like
0: have... a huge, huge weight off my shoulders. Like basically bought me like three months. Like that's <laughs> bought me three months. That was good. Yeah. It was a good that's day. Very good.
2: That is a great day. I'm, I'm yeah. very proud
0: of you, son. <laughs> don't make me cry. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're going to make me uh, cry. Yeah, you you can about,
1: totally man? rest assured you'd be getting a hug right now if I was there.
2: I, I appreciate that. You're like I feel like you're you're joining my quit your day job club now. You know, like uh, I'm the fairy godmother getting people to quit their day jobs, and not that I got you to quit, but like I just love seeing people get out of that rut and 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 start to grow and develop success. And it's not easy, and it's it's not easy. It's not easy financially. It's not easy emotionally. um, But it is it is a great roller coaster to be on. I'm proud of you. Thank you. All right. No.
0: That's been the toughest part. Has been like, can I do this? Should I do this? This Am I being so- a jerk for thinking that like I can have my cake and eat it too? Right, because everybody tells you that
2: you suck. You got to suck it up and be a man and do a job and all that nonsense. It's like you, it's like you, they they raise us in this like you're not supposed to be happy. That's nonsense. Yeah. Of course you're supposed to be happy. Why? I don't understand why you can't be happy. <laughs> like, you know, oh you gotta you gotta do your job and then be happy on the weekends. Or it's just nonsense. It's just utter nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, and I love seeing people break out of that mold because it is difficult and it's very scary because your whole life you've been conditioned to believe that if you don't have a job, your entire identity and self-worth is tied up in that. And all this, the, the financial stress and all that stuff, it's just, it's just ingrained in us from childhood, you know. And you, it's, it's an interesting
0: point. I just read an article today. They did a survey of, uh, of 5,000 men ranging from like 20 to 85 in the U.K., and the whole point of the study was to find out what makes men happy right as it turns out it wasn't love it wasn't money but across all sexuality um, uh, race religion everything the number one predictor of happiness in men was job satisfaction yeah yeah so much our, of so much of our identity is tied into these 100%. things that we do during the day yeah. it's crazy
2: if you if you ask a not only if, our
1: identity, but I, I think that question gets asked because how many men are out there like Tim Saying are doing something that they don't like? Hmm. They hate it. So
0: But that's what it, it is, is, right? It's not your identity yeah.
1: so much it's just that you're stuck in that rut. You know, it is, it is part of your identity. I feel like my identity is wrapped up in what i what I do. However, I don't hate my job.
2: Right. There's, there's well, there's people, a lot of them too, people, sure. You know, but you know, if yeah. you if you walk up to a woman on the street and just say, "Hey, who are you?" They're gonna introduce themselves as like, "Oh, my name is Susie." You know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a mother. I'm married. I work. You know, it's like the, the but men, every man. Hey, who are you? It's like, oh, I'm Joe. I do this for a living. Right. It's not like exactly. it's not like I love it's not like I love to skeet shoot on the weekends, but I'm also an auto mechanic. It's I'm an auto mechanic, and sometimes I shoot skeet on the weekends. You know, it's it's always the first it's- thing that comes out of their mouths.
0: Because we are, have been conditioned forever to be the providers. Yep. So the thing that you're, the vehicle for your providing for your family is the thing that makes you who you are. And if you're not doing it, you're less of
2: a man, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I just like, when I first started making phone calls and taking phone calls from this new company that I started, you know, for five years, i have been saying something else. Hey, this is Phil calling from X. And all of a sudden I wasn't saying that on the phone, like that muscle memory of talking on the phone never goes away, but now I'm, you know, nervous, right? Because now, hey, I'm Phil, I'm calling from this new company that's mine, and like, I don't know, it was, it was less than less than confident, but I've developed it now, but all to say, yes, your job is such an integral part of your confidence, your happiness, your identity, that, uh, that messing with it is, is a huge blow, but anyways.
1: Well, I, th- I think I think we need to get away from our job being that, and the responsibility of, of having to provide an income. So it's not not necessarily. I mean, what I would like to see is like, I'm not my job, but I am. This is how I this is how I
0: make a living. Isn't right? that the same thing though?
1: Kind of, but not so. Because th- how Tim makes a living is obviously something that he quite enjoys. Yeah, and it's not his job, right? Not not that day job, not that job. Of course, you've got responsibilities, you've got deadlines, you've got things that you've got to take care of. Yeah. But I, I think of, just quit the, the idea that you can, I think what I'm hearing from you guys, the idea that you have, the only way to make it is to have a job. That's the only secure blanket that you can have uh, is false, right? yeah how you create an income how you earn money how you provide what or or just how whatever it is that you do in your partnership in your relationship in your survival that should be good enough that should be who you want
2: and, and if, even just the concepts of success if you talk about success when you know the first thing people think about is financial success right they think about money if you when they talk about mm-hmm. the, like how our country's doing the first thing they say is like well how the economy is or where the dow jones is stock market's
0: up stock right, market's that's,
2: down Yep. That, so that's that's just such a small measure of of what life really is. And I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. I'll try to do it, you know, briefly. But like when I was younger, I dropped out of college and I made my parents. They were disappointed, and I was disappointed in myself. And so I wanted to prove to them I could be successful, and I wanted to prove to them. Cooking, yada yada. I became executive chef by the time I was twenty two years old, and I and I was miserable and I was unhappy. And I didn't even know I was unhappy because I was twenty two, and you just you just think that's what life is, you know. And then my mm. my best friend from high school died. And he was like 25 years old. And I I was like, oh. I was like, it could all just go just like that. Why am I doing something that I'm not happy doing? And I was like, and that's how I I had this wake-up call at a very young age. I was like, I'm not going to spend another minute of my life miserable if it could end tomorrow. It just doesn't make sense to me. And Hmm. that's why I always try to encourage people, like, if you're not happy like go make yourself happy maybe it's not quitting your job you know maybe there's maybe that's not it maybe it's something else but go make yourself happy because you only got so much time to 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 enjoy and it just doesn't mean and that's why like even like you know people cut you off in traffic and you get all mad and like all that stuff I and mean, just like is that how you want to spend your last minutes if this this could be your last day is that well, how you that, want to spend that, it that's <laughs> a,
1: that's an accumulation of a whole lot of other little stressors but you know one of one of the things i like is is again what i'm trying to say is something that we can uh, maybe change a little bit. There's a slang that goes around. Somebody walks up and say, Hey man, how are you living? And that's a more important question. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. How are you living? Are you doing okay? Yeah. Are you happy, right? As opposed to like you said, you're in hi, my name is Bill I'm a maintenance right. man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Who cares, right? I'm I'm the milkman or I'm the I'm the mechanic. yeah, uh, yeah. how are you living, Phil? It seems like right now you looks like you're living pretty good. Yeah, man. <laughs> First of all,
0: I like that expression. I don't know that I'm always prepared to ask people that. Usually, when you say "How you doing?" It's hard, right? Yeah. Well, because usually it's just a greeting, and I don't actually expect a real ex- response. Right. It's, but it's, if I ask someone, "How are you? How are you living?" I got to be prepared for a half hour conversation because that's a well, question. It's not living;
2: it's living. Mm-hmm. There's a difference.
0: L I V I N.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I want to say that randomly to people on the street. It definitely sounds like <laughs> yeah, something. Something up a lot of. <laughs> A lot of stuff I don't want to know about, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I do appreciate the different angle that you're trying to put a spin on. That's clever, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I do, too. I'm happy uh, about all of this.
1: I, I, liked, I like to question authority, Phil. What oh, can God. I say?
0: Oh, I can't believe you did that. We already had such a subtle, fantastic segue, and you just... Yeah. Just, you just did
2: that. Took the sledgehammer out, busted the Jesus. wall down.
0: Yeah. Very, okay. <clears throat> Speaking of changing the way we look at things, which is where I was going with that, um, this week's topic is questioning authority. And no, no. Questioning authority. Nope. Say it right. Oh, sorry. Question authority?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still don't get that, but you guys are cute as heck,
0: I can tell you. It's because we're asking whether we should question authority.
1: Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> it's a
0: question of a question. Never mind. All oh, um, eight
2: just can't always be firing,
0: buddy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm hearing a blown gasket. I, I think that's what I'm hearing. That's the noise.
1: <laughs> or am I asking questions? Questions of the authority, authoritative figure that's in the podcast.
0: There are no authority figures here, my man. We are all equals. Now sit down and shut uh, up. (laughs) (laughs) Except for you, Minion. Um, (laughs) Nah. Um, So what we're talking about today is, like, some of the preconceived notions about making and building and whatever. Like, you know, does every woodworker need a table saw? See how I said that? With an upward inflection? Like, we've come to an age where track saws are really damn good. Like, you could get away with... A mobile, Like, do we need a built-in workshop? Do we need to dedicate half or our entire garages or our basements to shops to build? Maybe we could use a drawer out of our van to store a lot of these, like, fantastic mobile tools that could probably get us 90% of the way of a dedicated space. So I thought it'd be interesting. Actually, we were hashing it out in the uh, in the pre-show. It's only a, a, a dollar an episode to be part of that Patreon pre-show conversation um and we were hashing out in the podcast i mean in the pre-show and we were talking about you know maybe there's a different way to live maybe there's a different way to make and you know let's toss at some of these tools that we think because they've been sort of drilled into us uh as like the foundational tools maybe we don't need those things maybe we can do something different You know, like, do you need a welder, or can you just attach everything with nuts and bolts? I mean, kind of seems silly, right? But maybe for fifty percent or sixty percent of the projects, that's possible. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a metal person as much as I'd like to be. Well,
1: I think we get away from that need thing, right? It's not so much of what you need. Part of what we do and what we love is um, making do with what we have. That creates the uh, creativity and all that. You know, lack of stuff mm-hmm. that thing you say
2: yeah
1: so yeah instead of need you need it well of course you don't need a welder tim proved that in one of his videos i believe it's like hey i'm gonna make this metal legs for my table i'm not gonna use a welder and so we know that you don't need it but it's the idea of getting people out when they hey i want to be a maker what can i how can i start being a maker well do we have to define what a maker is is it a woodworker is it a welder is it all of the
0: above you are such a philosopher today. <laughs> <laughs> we got. We do have to agree on a few things. One, that like, you know, when we get on, on those forums, when you get onto those Facebook groups, when you watch those YouTube videos, there are those tools, those things that make it seem like once you get them, you're part of the club. And now you're a official official. You know, like I didn't feel like a real woodworker until I had or a real maker until I had a decent table saw. The the Delta Contractor saw that I had right after that dangerous skill saw table saw that I had. You know, like once I had that thing, I felt, you know what? I'm in. This is this is the heart and soul of my shop. I feel like I could make stuff with this. But maybe I was way off. Maybe I could have gotten a I mean I'm laughing, but maybe I could have gotten a festool track saw. And then then I could have done ninety percent of what I was going to do anyway. I yeah. just I do agree. Like, let's get away from what do you need versus what is ingrained in us to think that we that we do need. I, you know what I mean? It's like kind of a weird thing.
1: You you well, you are saying the preconceived ideas. Yeah, let's buck against that a little yeah.
0: bit. Right, we have a community of people who sort of agree on you know these. Um, you know, like the bar mitzvah of being a maker, you know, like you reach this and you become a man or you become a maker, you become a woman. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a graduation point where you become legitimate. I
2: remember when I was like a long time ago, before I had a table saw and I was doing everything. I didn't even have a track saw. I just used a skill saw and a straight edge. And I was doing everything like that. And I made a credenza for a client. And, um, I went to the local guy that sells hardwood. I needed to Walnut. It was not reclaimed. Um, and so I had a walnut, solid walnut doors and a plywood case, you know, wall credenza. And um, I asked the guy, at the, the guy I buy from, he's, he's a woodworker. He has a shop and he just buys wood in bulk and sells it. And, you know, uh, so he, when you buy stuff from him, he'll joint it for you. And he'll, you know, cut it in half so you can fit it in your car or whatever. Um, so, you know, I asked him if he could joint it. Um, and he said, sure, no problem. And then I asked him if he could uh, rip one piece down his table saw or I forget what it was I asked him to do something and I said and I said, "Because I don't have a table saw." And he just stopped and he looked up at me. he's like, he said, well how, how do you make anything if you don't have any tools?" And I said, "I have other tools. <laughs> I just don't have a table saw. Like he just couldn't wrap his head around that that yeah. I was going to make. So I remember the next time I went in, I mean, I see the guy like once a year. I don't buy wood there, you know what I mean? But I remember the next time I went in, I, I brought in a picture. I was like, "This is the credenza I made you, know, out of plywood with that wood you know, without a table saw. You know, and he, he was like, oh, it looks great. I'm like, yeah, you don't need it. And be, like you said, it's like the limitations, you know, fueling creativity and all that. We do get these things stuck in our head that we, you know, need these tools. But, you know, 100 years ago, like nobody had a table saw and stuff still got made. Yeah. <laughs> no, for
1: sure. I wonder, I wonder if one approach maybe is to uh, if you don't have a table saw, make that your thing. Right. i be a maker of... I'm gonna be a maker of chairs, of untable sawn chairs. You know what I mean? So make that your thing. That might be one way to approach it. To where you know, I'm a maker. I do this thing, and I don't use this. This is what I use. I make chairs out of, you know, either hand tools or I write music on only napkins. You know, I mean something. So if if you if you kind of like when we um, if we make a mistake, we highlight it, right? right. Mm-hmm. So highlight what you don't have. Make that be your thing. I mean, until you can change that. Well, that I was going to say, I was gonna say
2: that's that's part oh, of it that, you know, that obviously depending on what you make makes a big difference on what kind of tools you need too and I I almost think we're kind of talking about like the beginning workshop but there's also the other side of the workshop like the specialized workshop like when you get to the point like oh well this is mm-hmm. what I like like Bill you just made a smaller workbench because you're making smaller things and you don't need that big of a workbench anymore you know there's that side of it too like if, you know five years ago the idea maybe of having a smaller workbench is like no I need a bigger workbench needs change Oh, dude,
1: I'm, I'm coming up on retirement and the idea that I may not. In fact, the idea is probable that I'm not going to have a full garage. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm already thinking about, okay,
2: do I need a table saw? I, so I got a truck. <laughs> I've got a truck for you. You're going <laughs> to.
0: So that was one of the things I was going to say is that you just did something that most people don't do. Right. Which is sort of look into the garage and say, do I really need this? This is a huge table. Maybe I need something smaller. I would say 99% of woodworkers, makers, whatever you want to call it, would never do that calculus. But you sort of almost like, almost like heartlessly, right? Looked at it, detached yourself from the emotion, said, Mm. "I need something smaller." Boom, done. And that's an incredible skill set. The other thing I want to say is that I said track saw before for a very specific reason. Absolutely, you could do it with a circ saw, right? I just, from my own experience, Tim, you've had a lot more experience with a circular saw than I have, is that setup it takes oh, a it's long time.
2: Forever. It takes forever. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> and, it, and and I, not, I don't consider that a, a legitimate replacement for a table saw. A table saw is move the fence, cut. A track saw is place it on your marks, cut. A circ saw is find your mark, clamp it, go clamp the other side, come back, make sure it didn't move when you well, clamped I- it.
1: Right, I think it's just like when you have a table saw and you want to you want to get a specific type, whether it's a job site or a cabinet or, or a contractor. Um, the same thing with a, with, a, with a circular saw. A track saw is just a circular saw with a built-in thing. So that's what you're saying, Phil. Is like okay, if, as opposed to going out and investing in a table saw, I'll invest into a track saw. Right. Not that I've only got a little bit of money, so I'm I I'll either get a, a skill saw or a con or a job site saw. You're saying okay, I'm going to invest in this as opposed to that thing.
0: Absolutely, I'm saying I'm not. Yeah. This for me, this is not an exercise in saving money. This is an exercise right. yeah. in in thinking about space and yeah. and capability. Workflow. And, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're like,
2: making plywood cabinets, there's no reason why a track saw is probably better than a table saw. You know, if you're slugging uh, four by eight sheets of plywood around and cutting cabinet parts, track saws easier. Absolutely.
0: If yeah. you've got a battery powered track saw, yeah, and you don't oh. have. And you don't have a truck. Imagine setting up a couple of sawhorses in the parking lot of Home Depot, and you're just cutting out your cut list on on the spot, and then putting it in your car. How hmm. convenient is that?
1: How how many of Ben Waites' products have been? I don't think it was because he didn't have access to the tools he wanted, but his choice for his space when he was in the when he's in Boston in his apartment, his choice was have these smaller battery operating mm-hmm, tools, mm-hmm. still good stuff, but it was just, it was a matter of, you know what, a table saw would be fine, but that would be dedicated to a certain space and I, I'd have to always use that, but this, I can build throughout my entire property with with these tools as opposed to those stationary type tools. Well, so I've been
0: in that apartment and, uh, and, and you're You're hitting the nail right on the head, right? So if he was using stationary tools, they would be stationary in his apartment, which was an open concept. So imagine having a workshop like literally where you live. Instead, now he's got these portable tools or then he had these portable tools, does the job, cleans up, puts them away, and then he continues living his life. So it definitely well, made sense. It
1: actually is a big storage locker that he puts all of his tools yeah, in it. Yeah. Or, and then he goes to bed on top of the said couch. Right. Turns it to a
2: he used, and he's also, so, that was his marketing was to, to show people you don't need all these tools. Was, he's was trying to make yeah. DIY accessible through design. Sure. You know?
0: But it fit his lifestyle, right? And that's sort right. of the part I want to highlight in this whole thing is that make these tools live your lifestyle instead of following, okay, I am a woodworker. That means I need a table saw. And what's the next thing I need to be a woodworker? Uh-huh. Okay. I need a jointer. Right? Well, a track saw can be... Uh, first of all, I'm not sponsored by a track saw company today. I, just <laughs> I was waiting for to that be, to
2: come up. <laughs> like, just oh, by the way, I just bought this.
0: <laughs> by By the way, I've got a new video <laughs> yeah. coming out. Yeah. Um, actually, anyways. Um, <laughs> no, but so uh, a track saw can joint. If you're talking about, you know, yeah. edge of certain materials of two by stuff it can joint so if that's what you're trying to do like you don't necessarily need a jointer. obviously the faces of a two by six or whatever need to be done on a jointer or some kind of a sled for a planer but hand again, plane so before i had a jointer i was using a planer sled yeah, hand um, plane you know, too. To that's joint
2: just, you know you got a number eight you can joint with that i mean i've done that before you know
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Interesting point. Okay, so a number eight is a badass tool. It's huge. Yeah. I think my biggest hand plane is a number six or a seven. Yeah, those. Yeah. Don't
2: they're think. giants.
0: They're, yeah. That's a lot of iron. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Shannon Rogers on Wood Talk always says, because he's a hand tool guy, like, how flat do you really think you need to get this stuff? Like, how straight do you really think it needs to be? You know, you've got two show mm. faces on legs, You've got one show face of a tabletop. I mean, this stuff needs to be flat enough. It needs to be straight enough. Yep. When I was in the uh, when I was in the home decor business, for different product types, we had different um, quality control um, stipulations. So that if you had a hanging fixture, for example, and you picked it up and you looked at it and you go, "Well, this is a defect, 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 defect," you gotta you gotta toss this Not one it's out. Hanging. But the thing is, is You're never going to be holding this. You're never going to see the top of it. So if it was, you know, we had to, it was like six feet, right? So six feet from six feet away, could you see a defect? If the answer is no, then it passes QC. And so, but but a table lamp, right, you're going to get right up to it. So the quality control measures were very different for the different product type. So all to make this point of flat enough, straight enough, like we don't have to be, you know, precision instruments the way we think we need to be.
1: Well, to your point, uh, the, uh, glue ups, right? And that's where everybody thinks, oh, I got to have a joiner. I have never had a, a glue up fail me because I didn't have a joiner. And I didn't, <laughs> I, 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 I think like Shannon said, how straight does it need to be? Now, obviously, you got to have two things come together and you got to be able to squish them together and have some glue come out. Mm-hmm. You know what? When it's not perfect, the glue's going to fill in the void a little bit on this side, but it'll be nice and tight over here. Again, I've never had a table, a big glue up fail on me, and I've never done it with a, a perfect joints joinery. I mean, I just I haven't. Now, not to get all the hate mail from people saying you do have to have good joinery. Yeah, if you've got the tools, that's great. But yeah. again,
0: will it work? Yeah.
1: And that's that's will it work?
0: Yeah. Worst case, you rip down that glue line again, and now you actually do have a perfect seam, and you can re-glue it. <laughs> yeah. And what and and a, what a straight? Let's see. If you don't have a perfectly uh, straight glue line clamps will make up for that
2: yeah
1: right that's what i'm saying yeah. the clamps usually will for most glue ups you know, work that's what straightens it out and it's
2: yeah. maddening because wood moves you know it's like you cut these two boards straight you're like oh I'll glue them up tomorrow they're not going to line up anymore tomorrow like if no. you just you know, you, like you know it's it is technically maddening.
0: speaking you're supposed to you're supposed to mill you know, let it set. rest yep mill again and then work it yes exactly yep yeah, it's true, but you but know you what? can't. You know what? You can't do that with reclaimed, and that's something that I remember we had um, when we had my best friend Spags on the show, and he was kind of like, "Well, what I do is I make big pieces of wood smaller," and because yeah. and he thinks of wood the traditional way, right? But we're already working with dimensioned lumber for the most part. When I we're get
1: basically taking his scraps and making the same thing,
0: right? Once he's gotten them down to his three-quarter inch, which is why <laughs> we don't really have the room. To, to mill as many times but but by the time we get it's probably already dimensionally stable but the point is is that you know we're kind of already in that phase of yeah it's fine already let's just work it
2: yeah um so yeah and, and the flat enough definitely comes into play there too you know right
0: yeah
1: if you two were uh um uh, just to kind of throw a what if game. So we already said, okay, track saw instead of a table saw. What if on purpose you decided to to, I want to start making these things or this specific use a specific um, uh, mediums or whatever. What are some other ideas? Like you know, instead of a drill press, I would use a, a hand crank thing. I don't know, but any any other ideas? Because track saw is probably the most epitomic idea. Uh, to replace a table saw. I love that. I just think it's, it, it is a table saw. You're right. It's a it's a portable table saw.
0: Well, I think the other thing that you could do is you could take a blend of a hand planer and traditional hand planes for dimensioning. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like rapid stock removal of high spots with, with, like, an electric hand planer and then give it a nice finish with, uh you know, with traditional hand planes. That's something you could do if you were You know confined to a smaller space or if you decided you want to get away from big milling machines
2: sure you can replace both your jointer and your planer with a couple basic
0: non-powered hand
2: planes and it it is more work but it is much more enjoyable work in comparison to the loud noisy dusty machines
1: it's it's just what's different not not necessarily what's easier harder or how much it's just like you know what are some other one of the things people forget about they want to get a welder you can weld without electricity it's called brazing And it's fun, you know, it's just fire and a brazing rod. You can join two pieces of metal together. Is it as strong as welding? No. But will it, will it, I mean, you don't want to build a trailer to tow your horses, but if you want to build table legs and all that, it's actually kind of cool because you got this. Steel with the gold brazing—it looks like gold or brass, mm-hmm. you know—the rod, and it's fun. You're just using a, t- a torch, and I think there's your welding. Undo do it differently. I'm going to make table legs. I'm not going to weld them. I'm going to braise them. That's
0: yeah. right. And there's just yeah. there's other
1: approaches to things that you can,
0: I, can do. My boy DP David Picciuto, uh made a video about how he uh, made a coffee table and he braised the aluminum uh, tubing to make and, the legs and stuff, yeah, and, the, the, and people exactly. jumped on it. I mean, he jumped on it to prove how strong it was, but people jumped on him in the comments. But, you know, I think he was right. Like, you know, uh, people make, you make, uh, I remember there was, uh, there's bicycle manufacturers that braze the tubes together to make the frame of the bicycle. And guess what? That's strong enough. Hmm.
1: Yeah. If you do it right. Again, is is that enough? It's strong enough. It doesn't have to be done with a tig welder because I don't have one. <laughs> mm.
0: We when I worked for the bike company, we did have a guy who who uh, tig welded and he and yeah. cuz we t- titanium, we did a lot of titanium. This guy, oh man, did he a work of art his welds like yeah. stacked teeny tiny dimes. Mm. Beautiful.
2: Around around the the circles too, which is really impressive. It's very difficult to Oh think.
0: yeah, yeah. And we didn't have a rotary welding table. This this yeah. guy was was moving it by hand. I mean, he was a psychopath. I am... For sure, he was chemically altered, but he was an incredible welder. He was actually a motocross racer, but he was an incredible welder. Yeah. Michel, if you're listening. Félicitations. Uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of which, we had a writer, uh, a uh, as an email sent to us this week uh, by my friend uh, Simon forget and, uh, and he, he made a very important point, and that is that I'm very funny. Moving on. Um... Let's see here. What time make is it?
1: No, nope, nope, nope. I
0: think we should explore that a little bit more. Mm, I don't know if that's necessary. Let's see here. Um, iTunes your, review, review. Do we have you, What's your
2: catchphrase? <laughs> agree to disagree? <laughs> mm,
0: I'm changing it to agree I with would. Phil all the time.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to, I just wanted to point out before we jump in, just to, to put an end cap in this section, that as long as I have my laser, my CNC, and my solid gold rocket car, I can make anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, didn't Kirk Douglas I just, decide? I hope
1: people notice how Tim was a little quiet in this discussion because he went from "I've got a screwdriver and a hammer"
2: to everything he just said. Right. Uh, I, I meant to say CNCs, plural. Sorry, my bad.
0: Right. Oh yeah. So My giant CNCs, by the way. Yeah. Okay, um, we do have some. Uh, we do have some. Uh, yes, we some do. Review reviews here. Um,
2: okay.
0: There's one Canadian one, but there's one American one. So go ahead on that.
2: Okay, I'll read that. It's um, five stars, so we will read it. And that is just a reminder to you. If you leave a five-star review on iTunes, we will read it. If it's a four-star review, we will delete it instantly. Is and that... hate you forever. Yeah, and send you hate mail. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but this is a five-star review, so we're going to read it. And it's from by 2 v 2 versus 3 no seriously. Uh, taking a chance on ruining my reputation as a clever reviewer, this one is serious. Gangi and I, Oh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's from Gangi and Pop Pop. Gangi and I have wondered since... Where's the, where's the bell, Tim? Where's the bell? Well,
0: that's pretty appropriate.
2: Gangi and I have wondered since the, the 70s if there would continue to be, like us, reclaimers who are also community builders. Since finding this trio, we see that our hopes are realized. So, fine listeners, enjoy the friendship and craftsmanship, the ideas and the humor from Bill and Tim. Uh, and get on yes. over to Patreon to support these dudes. This is what the world needs more of. Sincerely, Pop-Pop. Well, thank you, Pop-Pop. I I will who, read that again. Okay, who here <laughs> loves
1: Genghis and Pop-Pop, like, even more now?
2: Uh, I, do. I, do. I, do.
0: I do. I do love them, but everyone should know that Tim adlib the part where they said that only Tim and Bill is funny. Mm.
1: No, I was written right there. No, no, so... no.
0: No, nope, that's full transparency. Anyone can read that. So. Well, see
1: how serious you're being right now, Phil. Yeah,
0: it's funny. It's funny guy, huh? Uh, you'll have.
2: <laughs> I guess you'll have to go to the iTunes review page to read the review yourself and leave one while you're at it to figure out the truth.
1: Since you're there, hop over to Patreon, leave a five star review, and uh, throw down some uh, hard earned uh, cashola. All right, Phil. What what do the other people on the planet, the Canadians, have to say?
0: Before I read my, po- uh, my, uh, my review, I wanted to direct you guys to listen to my brand new podcast. It's called... <laughs> <laughs> the Tim and Bill Sucks Hour by Phil Pinsky. <laughs> Currently hey, on episode uh, 33. We were um, nice to you at the top half, so I had to end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this Canadian one is by, actually, coincidentally, Simon Felcher. The title is These Guys Are Nuts. Oh, I don't know if I want to read this. Whatever their subject is about reusing old-growth black walnut or how to salvage nuts and bolts, these guys have the nuts to answer or not. All the questions you never thought having. Keep up your excellent work. Thank you very much, Simon. Merci much appreciated. Zebu play bourgeois. Oh, you, you are a little bourgeois. <laughs> Fancy schmancy. Okay. Okay, here we go. What's next? What weekly tip segment? I feel like this whole episode was a weekly tip segment.
1: Kind of was. Yeah,
0: but but Bill, I feel, is equipped to, you know... Uh, I got one. How uh, how did you do the distressing on the legs and all that stuff, and why? Because we actually didn't end up talking about that.
1: All right, so... Um Uh, simply, and I've done this, you can do it with just about any color, I like the pastels because they change color when you do the glazing, but start off with a base coat of white, and you don't want to paint completely over everything, because you're going to have some parts that are thicker, some parts that are thinner, so when you're brushing it on, you know what I mean? So you're kind of almost slopping it on. Then the the color that goes on top of that, I actually water it down. I don't know if in the video you can kind of see that I poured a little little cup of water in there. So that's, and the same thing, you don't want a full coat, you want to just leaves some bare spots so the white showing through so you got a little wood showing through a little white showing through and then the top coat and then when you go to sand you want to sand it in with the with the idea that you're going to wear any surface that you might rub against with your pant leg or, or you know what I mean okay. so it's like so you want to make some bare spots and then there's a, uh, you can use just a stain but there's a product from a called it's just called a, a decorative glaze but it's basically it's like a brown stain wipe it on immediately wipe it off and it actually changes the paint color uh, and it ages it it just makes it look kind of dingy in a way so yeah, and then you do that over the entire thing and it's like wow it looks like uh, almost my biggest description of it would be like um, painted um, driftwood right Mm. something you might find on a beach that's just worn away by the weather and the sand and everything else some of the color shows through it's been painted a couple times and I don't know. Yeah. So
0: that, that's it. Tell us again why you did it, though.
1: Uh, well, oh, yeah, yeah. So if you're using uh, different types of wood on a project, like in this case, this is all made from pieces of harbor freight wood down to uh, two or three different types of plywood that I put together to a piece of redwood to old construction four-by-fours. So now I've got all this with no, with no finish on it. It looks like a Franken-desk, right? It looks like, I mean, it's just crazy looking. Well, when you when you distress it, when you paint it, when you do that, it ties everything together. It's like that rug on uh, the Big Lebowski.
0: It's <laughs> a nice rug. really tied the room together. It's a really nice rug. Yeah. We peed on it. <laughs> peed on it. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible.
1: That was a good collaborative tip, Phil. Thanks.
0: <laughs> we call that in the game an underhand lob. Here you go. I like it. Yeah. Um, what uh, what grabbed your attention this week? I feel like Tim uh, told us. I got to be
1: honest with you. I'm I'm a little tired, so I didn't get my attention. I have none.
2: No, no I attention. Ha- I have two, so I can I'll give you one bill. Okay. okay. Uh, one is a podcast. Uh, is Bill Nye has a podcast? Um, Science Rules, I think it's called. And uh, his latest one, he had I forget her name, but she's a, a climate expert. Uh, and studies, you know, climate change and all that stuff, and uh, she's been doing it since the 90s or whatever, and it was the most practical and uplifting thing I've heard about climate change, because you don't hear a lot of practical or uplifting things about it but it's all gloom and doom right and and it's all governments fighting about who's responsible whether it's really happening this that the other thing and you know what well, we're going to pass legislators you know legislation to make it so you do this and the cost that and it's just none of thing is ever so what, what she's figured out is um that the only way that you're ever going to make a difference is if you can monetize it and there's a way people can get filthy rich off of it and so she's got this uh these plans and uh i mean like uh, I want to go invest in her company after listening to her Uh, but basically you know there's there's carbon in the air we're trying to get it out and there's all these things that we use in our lives that need carbon like just soda you know you know the bubbles in soda and all these other you know things she's talking about carbon fiber and all this stuff and so she's been developing ways to extract carbon from the air to then use it to it to sequester it would be the the proper Mm -hmm. word like sequestering it in concrete you know, so while we're while we're building our world, normally when you're building concrete buildings, you're you know creating more carbon, you know, from the footprint of the the industry around. Releasing it, but, it. yeah. Right, but now, but she's finding ways to capture carbon in the concrete. So now, it's like you know, you still got to get rid of the diesel steam shovel, but there's all these carbon capturing methods that she's been working on that that seem to be like even I guess she, even in the podcast she talked about Exxon's talking with her and stuff. Um, because now it's now it's not like about governments or about people, quote, doing the right thing or caring about your neighbor, or your kids. It's about how can I get rich? Because if there's anything that's going to motivate human action, it's getting rich, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very that's interesting and in, in inspiring. So yeah, it was inspiring. So I would... Uh, then the other one for Bill is um, Andrew <laughs> Kavanaugh. <laughs> Andrew Kavanaugh, him and his family just recently bought a retired tour bus... Uh, and they're converting it into a mobile home. Um, so that's right up my alley and what I'm doing right now, too. And so he's been doing a little bit of filming of that, of uh, just, like, gutting the bus and stuff. So I'm looking forward to seeing it, what he does in there as I'm doing cool. something similar right now, you know. But it's a cool bus. It's a, a tour bus, like, you know,
1: ZZ Top is on tour, or a tour yeah, bus, like, 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 like a, and here goes the street where the Joe lived at, type, you know. like.
2: Well, no, like a, yeah, like a, uh, like a... Like a, greyhound, like, a gr- like a Greyhound bus, you know, yeah, like a... a, a you okay. know, a motor coach. Yeah, like you take a bus to drive well, across country. Look well, at you!
0: Look at motor coach. Look motor coach. Fancy Ooh la la! Uh, uh, excuse enough, so moi in Utah,
1: there was a company that used to build out motor coaches. They'd get a Greyhound bus that was deck that are empty inside, and they'd actually—that was their job—is to make these, you know, two million dollar right motor coaches for people to tour in.
2: And for uh, actors using for trailers, like on the set. You know, like yeah. did you ever yeah, see Star Will Suites. Smith's trailer? it's an 18-wheeler and it like actually it's goes up it's two, it's two stories there's a video on YouTube you type in like Will Smith's trailer you know and it's like Sick. it's like it's, <laughs> a, it's a semi an 18-wheeler and it literally opens up into two stories <laughs> it's ridiculous it's fun
0: mine is still on order but I'm looking forward to checking it out
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're just bucking authority Phil yeah
0: no no, no question bucking yes um Okay, I'm gonna move on to mine. So, um, what I loved about uh Matthias Wandel early on was how much work and attention to detail went into his videos, especially when he was doing like his head to head testing stuff. And just recently, I came across a channel, and I guess I've been living under a rock because this guy's got like over a million subs. It's called uh Project Farm. Have you guys heard of this guy? No, okay, so he takes. Any product you can possibly think of and he does a head to head comparison of like 5 or 10 different brands and scientifically goes through each one of them so one that I just recently liked was he did um, painter's tape so he took like 5 brands of painter's tape from from Harbor Freight, he did frog tape, he did 3M tape and he did like rolls and paint brushes and uh, spray paint and then which one was the best one he's done motor oil he's done he just did um car air filter he's done batteries like he's done he's got so many videos and like he put so much work into these things it's incredible one of the first ones that i saw was um which wood glue is best and it was just oh. it was fantastic like this guy is and well, cut, and this, cut, this, cut like to the, the chase consumer
2: reports it's free yeah cut to the chase which one's best
0: I think uh, Type on three was the best one actually, but how much? Like, how much do you really need? You know, Type on two was like so. Let's say it took fifteen hundred pounds of force to break an end grain uh, glue joint that was Type on three. Type on two was like fourteen hundred. Right. You know what I mean? So like, it wasn't it wasn't crazy, Uh, but but Type on two was much better than Type on one. Um, But so actually, the two the two best ones were. Um, type on three and uh, Elmer's Elmer Max although I why did I just spoil that for everybody now you're never you're not gonna watch this 14 long minute vi- yeah. 14 minute long video that's unfortunate uh, but you should watch it because he, he is first of all yeah. the test rig is awesome um, that was more time than I expected to talk about that okay moving on
1: okay. don't give us a, the painters tape results then don't do it
0: frog tape and that's what I use I was like so happy it's what I use it's great Um guy just
2: lost a lot of views, buddy. Nice job.
0: I don't think so. I don't this guy (laughs) He he put out a video four hours ago and it's got ninety eight thousand views. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's I'll take that. I'll take that. He put out which impact driver bit is best. That was interesting. He put that out a week ago. It's Mm. got over a million views. Wow. So I don't think I'm not taking anything away from.
1: We're tapping into the wrong market. We need to do impact driver bit podcast.
0: Yes, but he only did Phillips head. We should do Robertson because that's the best. <laughs> or not? No, it is unquestionably. Um, our websites: WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, and NewPerspectivesMusic.com contact us for show topic suggestions, to tell me how funny I am info reclaimed podcast.com or hit us up on Twitter um, iTunes reviews those five star reviews we will read out those four star reviews or less we will not and patreon.com slash reclaimed audio now I, I slipped it in earlier but I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna mention it again for as little as one dollar per episode is a patreon. Uh, subscriber, you get access to our pre-show where we basically spend anywhere between ten and twenty minutes uh, in an R-rated environment, kind of hashing <laughs> of what we're going to be talking about. And it's actually a lot of fun. It's not just uh, you know sort of silly. It's bent. not
1: R-rated. It's just real world. It's not R-rated. It's real world. It's what it's, it, if we were in our garage without being on air. That's how we talk to each other. There's hugs. There's yelling. There's a little bit of, of tool throwing,
0: mm-hmm. but it's real world. Right. the R stands for real world it's right before Bill puts on his pants for the main show yeah I might might start sitting it out honestly (laughs) (laughs) after four years and a lot of begging nothing's changed so um, and that's where we're at so patreon.com slash reclaimed audio and thanks guys for uh, listening to this episode I think this was a lot of fun
2: yeah, me too. I agree.
0: Feel free to corroborate that. Fair enough. Yeah, okay. I liked it. Great. Have a great week, guys. <laughs> good stuff.
1: Bye, everybody. <laughs>